Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top Extra Kick Extra Kick Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Runners Connect Run to the Top Extra Kick Podcast. This is your host, Coach Dylan Bellis, and we've got a pretty exciting guest on today. A lot of times on this podcast, we we talk with a lot of a lot of marathon runners, a lot of you know anywhere from five k to marathon, but we don't do a lot of specific talks with with trail runners. And I think with a lot of our community, even though we're training for road marathons, there are still many of us who enjoy getting out on the trails and putting in a lot of miles, whether it's single track trail or fire roads up a mountain or just small trails in your backyard. We all like running on our soft surface. And I think this is going to be a really cool podcast for everybody to listen to. So today I have Tara Richardson with us. To give you guys a background on Tara's history, Tara ran for Western State, Colorado, and that's in Gunnison. They are a Division II school, really a powerhouse there. They've won several national titles, amazing team at both cross-country and track. Tara also runs professionally for Brooks Running, and she's got a really pretty big host of accomplishments, and a few I'll just run through right now before we, we, we get to talking with Tara. Um, so Tara's won the Grand Traverse. It's a 40-mile trail race. She, she not only won that race, but she also set the course record. She's not only got on the trails, but she also qualified for the Olympic trials as well at CIM last year, where she ran two hours and 42 minutes. So it's a good proof and showing that she not only runs well on the trails and on the track and so like she did in college, but she also runs well on the roads and she can compete at a high level nationally as well. She also won the Leadville Marathon this past year, and she made the 50K World Team, which was run on the road which is an incredible accomplishment to represent the USA and in another country and to be able to qualify for such event. So again, thank you, Tara, for, for joining us today. And today's topic that I really wanted to talk to Tara about is that she actually just moved to Flagstaff, Arizona, and she just went out and ran rim to rim to rim. And can you tell everybody who's listening what exactly rim to rim to rim is and what that consists of? Yeah, so Rim to Rim to Rim is in the Grand Canyon. Um, Like Dylan said, I just moved here recently, um, and I had been to the Grand Canyon one other time. Um, It's pretty amazing. So what the Rim to Rim to Rim route consists of is you start on the south rim. Um, We started on the South Kaibab Trail, where initially you drop down um, from 7,000 feet down to close to 3,000 feet. Um, You run a... Across the bottom of the Grand Canyon floor uh, for about 15 miles before ascending back up to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. So you have another climb up to about 8,000 feet on the north rim. And then you turn around and do it all over again. So in total, the day is about 43 miles with 10,000 feet of elevation gain um, and about 20,000 feet of um, up and down. Cool. So if you heard that, what you just heard was that she ran 43 miles in the Grand Canyon. Most of us just go to the Grand Canyon just to look over the edge and say, wow, this is really beautiful. Maybe some people listening didn't even realize that people actually run it, which is really surprising that there's actually course records, both men and women for, for that distance. And to give you guys an idea, Tara, Tara ran this run, 
um, this 43 mile run across uh, the South to the North Rim and, and back, but it was pretty leisurely, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't exactly a, for speed, but it's something that she's probably going to do for speed sometime soon because she is preparing for, for other races and for races of upwards of 50 miles of hundred K and, and potentially even a hundred miler one day. So for us living in Flagstaff, running in the Grand Canyon is almost a staple to trail runners in town. And, you know, this is really cool and a, an awesome accomplishment for, for someone to hike yet to run. So really cool to, to hear that she was able to do that. So just to give us an idea, what exactly is it like running in the Canyon? Um, can you give us an idea of what the footing's like, what the weather's like, and, you know, ultimately what goes through your mind over the course of such a long run where you not only descend a lot, but you ascend and then do that all over again. Yeah. So luckily for me, um, I had a friend do it with me, which I would encourage anyone that wants to run in the Canyon that you have someone go with you. There are a lot of things that can happen. And once you get down in the Canyon, there's only one way back up unless you are willing to take a $50,000 helicopter ride out. Um, but as far as the terrain goes, uh, we started at about 5.30 in the morning. So it was dark. We had our we had our headlamps on. Um, and going down South Kaibab is pretty much like going down flights and flights and flights of stairs. Um, there's ju- You're just hopping down. Um, there's rocks. It's pretty smooth. Um, I wouldn't say it's extremely technical, but it's pretty jolting with all of the steps and just the amount of um, loss that you have so quickly. So going down South, South Kaibab, you you lose about 5,000 feet in six and a half miles. Um, once you get down to the canyon floor, it's amazing. It's beautiful down there. It's It was like fall. Um, again, we did this the beginning of November, um, which was a great time to do it. So it was pretty chilly when we started. But when we got down to the floor of the canyon, we were in T-shirts. It was probably mid fifties and the trail just becomes beautiful. It's smooth. Um, you're running right along the river. You're looking at the trees. You're looking at the Canyon around you. And then you head up North Kaibab, which again is extremely smooth. I was very surprised at just how, how great the trail is. Um, as you get closer to the top, it becomes more stair-like a lot more steep, but in general, it's pretty smooth trail once you get off the South Kaibab trail. Cool. No, that was a great description for, for many of us who maybe been to the Grand Canyon. A lot of people who are listening probably have, but not really done too much, too much of the, the actual trails and the experience of going from rim to rim to rim. So on, you know, on this kind of run, are you running the whole time? You know, how much of that is power hiking and, you know, maybe a secondary question there. What is it, what is it looking like for, fueling, hydration, and stuff throughout that run. Obviously, 43 miles, there has to be some sort of consumption there. Um, so if you don't mind, could you expand on that just a bit further? Yeah, so um, no, we did not run the entire thing. Um, it would be pretty impressive if you were able to do that. Um, so we did run all the way down South Kaibab, all the way across the the canyon floor, and then we, we tended to hike the really steep parts on North Kaibab. We definitely wanted to conserve our energy. We knew, you know, it was a 43-mile day. It was going to be anywhere between 8 and 10 hours long. Um, so we weren't we weren't pushing it. We really wanted to 
have a good day. We didn't want any anybody to bonk um, or anything. So we're taking it conservative, but um, it's also really good training just to get, get some hiking in as well. So the one issue we did have was with water. So this time of year, they close or they turn off the water for the season. And they had done that about a week before we went. So there is one water stop and that's at the bottom of South Kaibab at Phantom Ranch. So we did fill up our bottles there, but you know, we had only run about seven miles. We had been running downhill. It was nighttime. So we had not had too much of our water yet. Um, so we topped them off, but we, you know, we thought at that time, all right, it'll be 28 miles before we get back to this point. We'll be okay. And unfortunately that was not the case. Uh, so that is something that we definitely learned. When we got up to the top of North Kaibab, we were completely out of water. Um, my friend Ryan Sullivan, he was looking pretty dehydrated. The sun was right on our backs. He was sweating through his shirt. And I thought for sure that we were in trouble and that it would be a very long, long trip back. Um, but thank goodness at the top of North Kaibab, where again, there is no water available a car pulled into the parking lot and they were gracious enough to give us two bottles of water, which um, allowed us to get back to, to where there was um, a water spigot on the way back. So that's definitely something to take into consideration. Um, we had plenty of fuel. We were doing great at fueling. We had gels. Um, I had a bunch of shot blocks. When we got to the top of the North Rim, we had peanut butter and jelly. Um, so as far as fueling, we did very well, but um, definitely could have done better on the hydrating part. Yeah, I think that's uh, that. That's one of the things that they tell you at the Grand Canyon. A lot, a lot of times, it's the hydration. You know, people have hydration issues there all the time. They go down the canyon and get too far in and get themselves stuck in a hole and uh, basically end up having some form of issues with dehydration and have to be helped out. Um, but obviously as, as endurance athletes, we've at least got a better understanding of, of our needs, but still with such a big run. And again, at a high elevation, low climate, you know, you're not, there's not a lot of humidity there. It's very dry. It's very hot actually at, um, when you get down to the Colorado. So especially in the summer, it can be upwards of hundred degrees. So if you're doing something like this, you obviously have to be prepared, um, and be ready for it. So, you know, coming off of this, what was, what was your recovery like? You know, I know that, you know, just from personal experience, you know, you took things pretty easily kind of coming back from it. Um, how were your legs feeling after immediately after, and then kind of, when did you start to kind of resurface and feel back to normal again after, after the run? Yeah. So, um, the day after we did this on a Saturday and the next day on Sunday, I honestly didn't feel too bad. Um, my, my quads were a little sore. I was I guess the biggest thing on Sunday was I was starving all day. So um, just getting calories back in and refueling was was really important. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, you know, like I'm going to come off of this pretty good. And then Monday hit. Um, so I guess DOMS is a real thing, delayed onset muscle soreness. And I was hobbling around on Monday. Everything was sore. My biceps were sore. My lower back was sore. My quads, my calves. Um, kind of everything hit. Um, I didn't run on Sunday or on Monday, but on Monday I did get on the bicycle, just kind of spin my legs out 
And by Monday evening and moving into Tuesday, I was feeling okay. Um, I, I did another run on Tuesday, just nice and easy. And honestly, I came out of it pretty good, um, besides a little bit of soreness. And I think that kind of has to do with my background. Um, I'm used to running on trails. If you're not used to running on trails, this might have a greater impact on you. Um, but just, you know, being really good about my nutrition the next few days, refueling, rehydrating, I think was um, really helped a lot. Thank you. Yeah, taking care of your body is is definitely something important. And, and knowing Tara personally, it's, you know, she's gotten a lot better at listening to her body, um, especially coming off of one of the first, you know, injuries that you've had in such a long time with some plantar fascia issues. So, you know, even though she's competing at a very high level, you know, she still has points in, and weaknesses in her own training in which she has to overcome. You know, she recently, she missed a month or two of training basically from, from having her plantar fascia kind of um, flare up on her. Actually, it was a tear. So, what she was able to do is basically, you know, come back slowly, be smart. And now the training that she's been doing, the reuptake back into things have been much more gradual and a lot less intensive than maybe they were before, but definitely kind of ramping back up and, and being a bit better with listening to your body, going to the gym, taking recovery, cross training, eating well, you know, all these things go and, you know, they all tie into each other and they're all very important. And especially for someone who's racing, you know, anything of distance, you have to be able to take care of your body, especially after something of 43 miles and 10,000 feet of vert, 7,000 feet of elevation. And it's not, it's not an easy feat. So with this behind you, you know, obviously there's always the thought of the rim to rim to rim record in the back of your head, maybe not anytime soon, but what exactly are, what did, what did this run prepare you for? What are you getting ready for? And, um, you know, how are you using this as, as a purposeful mechanism to kind of fuel the next thing that you're doing? Yeah. Um, so again, yeah, we didn't do this for speed, but you know, in the future, I, I wouldn't mind just going out there. Um, now that I've seen the entire route and just seeing what I can do, uh, this is one of the, the most prestigious fastest known times, um, or FKTs out there. So, you know, it would be pretty amazing to touch anything, um, near what the record is for the women. But uh, like Dylan said earlier, um, I am gearing up for longer distance ultras. So the longest I've done so far, well, I guess rim to rim to rim was the longest that I've ever done. Um, but the longest race is 40 miles. And I'm planning on doing Canyons 100K this next April. So I think just running in the canyon, um, even if it's a little bit less, it's only 40 miles you're getting so much vertical gain that I, I think it's very comparable to a longer distance race. And, um, you're just out there for hours and hours, which I think is good preparation for these longer ultras that I eventually want to get into. Um, I will be gearing up for the Olympic trials next. So that's going to be kind of my focus. Um, I'll be doing a little bit more speed, but of course, um, just because I love it, I'm going to be out there on the trails doing, doing long runs out there. And, I honestly think that you gain so much strength from from trail running, from running up hills and mountains. It really is um, speed work in disguise. Cool. So a busy future ahead of you, obviously kind of looking and planning for something a little bit more farther in advance, 2020 Olympic trials, canyons. 
So a lot, a lot of really cool events. How can people keep track of you? You know, what do you have any social media? Where can people um, maybe be friends with you and and kind of keep up with what you're doing and what's next, basically? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. My Instagram is t underscore rich seventy one ninety one. The same on Twitter. Uh, Tara Richardson on Facebook. Um, but I'm taking a little bit of downtime here and then just gearing up for the trials. Thank you, Tara. Um, for everybody listening, um, thank you so much for joining in on today's podcast. Tara is a wonderful guest to have talked to and interviewed and definitely something in her history. It can be expanded on so much more, so much more deeply from just what we talked. We just scratched the surface on, you know, everything from running in the Grand Canyon to ultra running to being able to be a crossover athlete and being successful on both the, the track, the road, the trail, so we'll definitely have further conversations with her in the future, but today we just wanted to talk about, you know, this prestigious run in the Northern Arizona area and, and really, uh, across the United States with running from rim to rim to rim or running in the Grand Canyon itself. So I hope everybody enjoyed listening to Tara today and listening to myself as, as we spoke about, um, what's next for her, what, you know, exactly what she's doing and, um, how, how she approached and took on and prepared for something like rim to rim to rim. So I hope everybody enjoyed today's podcast episode. This is coach Dylan Bellis, and you are listening to the runners connect run to the top extra kick podcast.